podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. (laughs) Hello and welcome to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where Every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And y'all, Reed was here, but he said he heard some splashing around his complex's pool and needed to go check it out. I'm, I'm sure he'll be back by himself, I imagine. In the meantime... Permit me to remind you listeners that here at The Fear of God We Explore, we don't explain except for right now when I explain that you can find all things foggy at thefearofgodpodcast.com, things such as and especially how to support us on Patreon. More on that in a minute, because who is this emerging from the fog but the one and only co-host with the most? It is Reed Lackey! Hello! How are you? Whoa! whoa. (laughs) Or the Cookie Monster. No, you know what's really funny is I, I kept trying to think like, hmm, how can I... How can I come in and I, and, and I mean, I can't, I can't be a narf. She didn't say anything. And no, you could uh, have been like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I should have, uh, I should have thought of that beforehand. That's what I'm here for. It's just to, yeah. Okay, good. There it is. Keep it. <laughs> That's the one. Okay, you, you swam to the surface. <laughs> That's the one. You did not get the bends like 47 meters down. Oh, indeed. Um, indeed. There's going to be so much aquatic wordplay here. Mm-hmm. Um, Drowning in it almost. (laughs) We are stopping wet. Um, Okay. We've got some quick business to attend to. Okay. okay, Before we get to our main discussions for today. And they are, it's big time right now, Reed. (laughs) It's like a new, it's a new day up in here. Or a new night. (gasps) Business thing number one. We have a happy hour horror hangout coming up. That's such a fun phrase. Happy hour Mm -hmm. horror hangouts are exactly what they sound like. Low-key online hangouts with your fog friends, also called 4Hs, they're a great way to connect with our super thoughtful community of horror fans. We have one coming up. To participate, you just have to be a patron and then mark your calendars for Saturday, June 4th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) Just kidding. That was just in case I ended up being wrong. Right now, Saturday, June 4th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as the name of the event states, come hang out. Riri, I do love the happy hour horror... Okay, see, <laughs> when you try to do I it, I got fast, it right twice, yes. and that yeah. was my that was my threshold. Third, third times the uh, the uh, detriment. Uh, yeah, it's. Yep. I mean, they're super fun. They're really low key. It's just a great opportunity to see some good folks chat about some stuff, and uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. and hang out. Yeah, and just hang out. Uh, so yeah, so I love it. I appreciate your commentary there. Uh, number two, number two, if I may, mm-hmm. <laughs> also occasionally called poop club. Uh, two on the business point list. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do number two that's my business <laughs> which is just funny all of that just blended together it's right just, now it sure did. we are starting a brand 
new series today. Read a brand new wow. series today. You, yeah, you, you like that? Yeah, you really got on your uh, your carnival pitcher. You know, like <laughs> come right, yes, come right yes. down. Carnival Barker. See, carnival yes. Barker. That's what um, that's the word. Almost read in the DNA of our show mm-hmm. is a relationship mm. to the filmmaker mm. Knight. Let me let me put some props on that name. Some respect on the, respect on that name. <laughs> M. Knight Shyamalan. Yes. And his recent release, Knock at the Cabin, has inspired us to jump Indeed. back in. Indeed. Jump back in to a more comprehensive examination of his work. We've done the biggies. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing all the resties. Mm-hmm. Nearly, read in this series, nearly every M. Knight release will get some love or some side eye. Yeah. It is a series so chock full, you might call it, wait for it, a Shamalamarama. So we did. Shamalamarama starts right now. <laughs> about to start with a patron only conversation about the first three episodes. I am so in love with that title. I oh, wonder man. if it's copy protected that we could do that. We should th- throw that on a shirt. Shamalamarama. Shamalamarama. Oh, you know? Fear have his, of God. Yeah, just have his face right up there or some other version of something. I don't know. We'll but it's like, a, no, it's like, it's like, um, uh, next door Al from to- uh, uh, from uh, Tool Time uh, from what's that show Home Improvement? It's like his 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 eyes over it's it, only, which yes. is a play on the subtlety yeah. or not of Ooh. his. Uh, yeah, Ooh. see, you yeah. like it? Yeah, yeah, Shamalamarama. yeah. It just writes um, itself. It does. <laughs> We're about. To, you, some of them feels like that, uh, but <laughs> we're going to start it in just a second with the first three episodes of the Apple Plus TV show Servant, mm-hmm. followed by a conversation today. A long time in the a long time coming here. Long time. Uh, a conversation about the Paul Giamatti starring and get this read the Bryce Dallas Howard staring <laughs> film. Lady, <laughs> lady in the water. <laughs> that, was, that was clever. I'm, I'm, I'm slow clapping yeah. you in my heart right there. That's, yeah. that, was, that was really good. <laughs> Shamalamarama. We got, Every time you say it, it with just it's, this, it's, this it's almost like, boisterous yeah, glee. You want to just like have the secret word for the day. You know, Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's right. Ah! Every time you say it, it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> all, all the machines start going crazy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love man. it. Okay. So, we're going to get the lady in the water, but we do have one final business point read here, and I'm going to put on mm. my sales guy hat, okay? Mm-hmm. You can pretend you don't know me for a second, because the last note is related to the other two. Third Interesting. is about the first and second, and put simply, it is, hey, listener, join Patreon. Listen, if you enjoy the fear of God, the benefits of being a patron include things like longer episodes featuring bonus content, like today's inaugural TV guidepost segment featuring Apple TV Plus, a series servant. That was a mouthful. It is also... It. How you can participate in online events such as Fogoween each October and the aforementioned Happy Hour Horror Hangouts amongst a myriad of other benefits coming directly to you as a patron. But when you join Patreon, it also benefits the show as well, growing our capacity to do more, to sound better, to reach more listeners, to basically be the best fog we can be with your help playing a significant role. That's enough business time for now, Reed. I love it. So, Reed, would you like to... Do the twist of the Shemalamarama oh, because it's time indeed. to twist our way into the Apple TV Plus series servant for our patrons. We will be right back after that with a dip in the pool as we discuss Lady in the Water. Do the twist. Do the twist. Do the twist. Shamalamarama. Do the twist. 
do the twist, do the twist. Shamalamarama, do the twist, do the twist, do the twist. Shamalamarama. Awesome. Well, about this movie, let's let's go. Let's read. You know when a joke comes around. It is time for some night swimming, my friend. Uh, uh, I do. That is a good one. Love that joke. Uh, no one wants to see that, though. <laughs> um, so we are talking about. Uh, I thought I had it in front of me. What year was this? 2005? This was. Uh, oh, let me confirm. Yes, 2006, actually. Okay. That was actually going to be my first guess. And I second guessed myself. Mm-hmm. So today we are talking about. The Lady in the Water, our first full feature uh, uh, entry in the Shamalamarama. I mean, in the Shamalamarama. Shamalamarama. <laughs> Special thank you what? to Jackson Harper for that lovely show tune. Amen. Yes. 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 Uh, Jackson will join us at the beach next week. Oh, uh, spoiler yeah. Alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, the quick summary of Lady in the Water, according to Apple Movies. Apartment building superintendent, Mr. Heap, Cleveland Heap, played by Paul Giamatti, rescues what he thinks is a young woman from the pool he maintains. When he discovers she's actually a character from a bedtime story who is trying to make the journey back to her home, he works with his tenants to protect his new friend from the creatures determined to keep her in our world. So that is the the summary of Lady in the Water. Reed, what am we going to do? What? At what point should we institute the Shamios? Man, I'm loving this series already. <laughs> um, do that now? No. No, we'll no, do, no, we'll no, 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 no. Let's get what? so here's here's what I would suggest. I would suggest let's let's start with uh general reactions and then we okay. can do didactics like that ain't right, um where relevant, and then from there we can do shamios before we get into any sort of deeper conversation. How about we do that? Okay. Sure. So right. why don't you go first? <laughs> <laughs> no, I specifically want you to go oh. first on this. I, uh, okay. I, uh, Maybe if, um, I, I wasn't trying to ignore you. If you'd said that, I didn't interpret that. No, 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 it's correctly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I saw Lady in the Water in the theater, mm. and I have now seen Lady in the Water at home. And so <laughs> that's a movie. Um, um, I so if this came out in 2006, goodness gracious, that's 17 years ago. By the way, it is. No, it's it's quite a ways. So hey, this is important. Listen, and I, what? what? Oh, hmm. Tell mm, me. Uh, this may be where you were going already, uh, uh, but 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 I'm going to give sure, you take a, it from me. No, I'm going to give you a question, and uh, and maybe yeah. this will help because this is this is Shamalamarama. Okay, these films are not in a vacuum. Okay, so um, so it's it's worth noting that this film f- is was his follow up to The Village. So. Whatever else mm. you were going to say, I would. I'm curious your thoughts coming into your first theatrical viewing, as much as you can remember, based on how I know you felt about the village. So yes, go, uh, take it. No, away. that's a, that's fair. I, I wasn't thinking about it in contrast or in comparison to uh, the village. You know, the village, I think, doesn't get a fair shake or fair enough shake generally, uh, even though as we've. Uh, discussed before and may yet again in the Shamalamarama is um, I do understand its criticisms, uh, even if I don't necessarily share all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I want to say that my evolving 
um, acumen mm. for discussing film was not 17 years ago quite what it is today. And so I don't know quite how I would have described my viewing of Lady in the Water the Got first it. time other yeah. than yep. relatively lukewarm. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely not boiling. <laughs> definitely not room temp. <laughs> um, well, I guess lukewarm would be pretty room temp. Um, <laughs> definitely not cold. Um I I think I said this at the end of one cut of the dead, but I've been pretty busy and honestly I haven't finished that conversation yet. But I was I was open. My you know, mm-hmm. I try to be open hearted, um, just in life in general. Yeah. Um I feel like there's a creeping sense in which, you know, I, I'm trying to hold on to my Shama fan card and <laughs> others are trying to take it away from me. Um but rewatching this, it it kind of congealed into a just task. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I started it because, you know, 17 years is a long time. I, I literally haven't even watched scenes from it since. Then. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so only, um, okay. So this is a specific, uh, whatever criticism I, I originally had. And I've referenced this before on the show was about the opening animatic. Of just oh right yes yeah 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 of of kind of a why like I understand what I think is supposed to be happening here but I don't feel like this is a useful use of the film's runtime yeah um so that that's the only real critique I I had uh would have been able to state before this second viewing now and um you know I, I don't necessarily want this to be like you know, Nathan shares his side and then shares his side. And then we, no, I we get shake it. hands and talk about the themes. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, okay. It's you and me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just you and me talking. Whoever else is listening. I will give great grace to the craft of filmmaking and all its many myriad hurdles. Uh, mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work, life resources, and generally speaking, talent to form, uh, to conceive, form, uh, uh, craft, and release something into the world. To me, this is just, I hate saying this phrase, it's just not a good movie. I was about to say mm. a bad movie. I yeah. want to be sensitive there. My, the even watching it. So, so what is kind of fascinating, and I want to be a conscientious and compassionate critic, but I can't set aside I also feel like I need to be a critic, you yeah, know, like, no, of not course. like I need to, but as in like, okay, what are its merits? What are its flaws? Yeah. Yeah. And the I long- have a list that says pluses and minuses on mine. So yes. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the longer it went, the more I was, the more my feelings were, whatever merits it has, they're hard to see. And they are buried under, to me, under its flaws. They are drowning mm-hmm. under its flaws, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which if I had to boil it down, Wow, this is all the water. Um, that yeah. If I had to boil it down, to me, this is this is lovely ideas, desperately in search of a film. It, it, hmm. To me, it is. To me, here's a strong statement. Make that strong statement. There were moments. There were moments where I was like, "This isn't a movie. This hmm. is," um, and and you know. I will defer to you on a certain level, given your history, knowledge, and experience in the craft of screenwriting. 
but I also will own that I've got a semi attuned sense of it. There were moments where I was like, nothing happens in this movie. Like (laughs) there is not activity. Hmm. It is again, bold statement here. It is all tell no show, which is what I originally had a problem with in the opening animation. Right. Mm. It was like, why are you transmitting so much information right now? You're kind of telling me what you're about to tell me again. Yeah. So this this is what's fascinating, Reed, is that was my feeling 17 years ago of that sequence. Yeah. Rewatching it now, I kept thinking, I was like, holy cow, you are literally repeating the same information every scene. Oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. maybe there's a new layer to it. Maybe there's a slightly new angle to it, but it's not interesting. Mm-hmm. It is just to me my feelings on it after this second viewing, it is, it is just a parade of scenes that transmit information. Mm -hmm. And, and I I will, let me see if I've got anything else to to throw out here, but (laughs) my main critiques are, it feels like a poorly conceived film that I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's not a poorly conceived idea for a story sure yeah right? yeah, like yeah 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 i hear you mystical yeah. mythical character stumbles into the real world and right. a group of people have to help her to safety yeah cool that, sure that's yeah, got yeah, some yeah. Mm-hmm. that's got some legs to it the, but the but the final product that is a film feels pretty ill-conceived and in a way i didn't quite register 17 years ago bryce dallas howard is used to perfection in the village um mm, agreed. she is one might argue useless in this film, mm. like has, uh, does the character have motivation? I mean, we can split hairs about some of that. Sure, yeah. Does she act in service of motivation? Like there, there is so little, I think a lot, you know, you and I have such a, a rich shared history, but specifically the, at least I would say some of the origins of our views on media and storytelling, uh, uh under the, um, tutelage of Keith Cassidy who appeared with us on oh, Rocky, absolutely. like yeah. the notion of just character and, and character intention, character motivation, like there's so little there, there mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I feel like I'm rambling and, and the more I go, the, the harsher I'm going to get, but so uh, this is kind of where I'm at with yeah. this film. So you didn't like it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, it would be even hard on this one. Here's what's hard. Like, to me, it's so inert mm-hmm. as as a story worth telling that I, I can't even rise to the point of like active dislike. Sure. It's just kind of like, pfft, you know, <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a puddle. Yeah. I'm 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 being jokey with the verbiage, but sure. I'm kind of serious too. It's like it's just kind of this puddle mm-hmm. that it's like, ah, yeah. Uh, so, Paul Giamatti has a great monologue. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So um so a few things. Okay. So so yeah. Um, what, uh, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead with, uh, and I'm I'm gonna pour a whole bunch of thoughts at you. That was a whole bunch of thoughts. Yeah. So I'm gonna pour a whole bunch of thoughts back. So, yeah. um, so one of the things I'm gonna lead with a couple of things that you said that I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, there are a tremendous amount of problems. I told you, you know, I have a, a list of pluses and minuses going on in my in my little notes here. Well, the, the exposition is a very big problem. Look, I love David Odgen Steyer's his opening narration to the animated film Beauty and the Beast is is classic and beautiful and and very fairy tale invoking um and i know that that's kind of what Shyamalan was going for having you know the opening narrator of Beauty and the Beast narratively open Lady in the Water like he's trying to invoke fairy tale iconography um but mm-hmm. that's a really big problem then when you spend so many of your scenes delivering just 
blunt exposition. That's that's all yeah. so many of those scenes are. Now, I will not deny some of the humor that exists in those scenes, largely just a, a, a witty little, like, I think a lot of uh, Young Soon's lines, the little throwaway lines are really funny. She's like, she said, why can't I be like my sister? You know, she married a dentist. You know, like, there's a couple of little sure. funny yeah. lines in there that I'm like, that, that's that's pretty cute. But just so much exposition uh, is, uh, is, is, a, is a bit problematic for the film transmission. And one of the things that you didn't say, but I kind of picked up in the subtext of what you did say, is maybe this is poorly conceived as a film. I will say that I do think it would have been interesting to see how this would have been received as a novel, not a film, but as a novel, where so many of these pieces of exposition could have been delivered uh, maybe not by having to literally have a character say it, but maybe he stumbles across a, a, a an old book or some version of like you can play around with these kinds of things or just introduce the narrative in ways that probably don't feel as awkward or weird in a different media format than a film. Um, so I agree with on that. And and why? So I I'm going to disagree with one thing that you said, but also I think it's because of what I just said about maybe this isn't, I agree with you that maybe this is poorly conceived as a film because I think actually a lot happens in this film, but I think nearly all of what happens happens inside the hearts or minds of certain characters. And because so much of that is interior and is not shown, but rather there's a whole bunch of telling in this film, it's really hard. You kind of have to put pieces together to draw out the what has happened. Like there's, there's not a tremendous right. amount of plot here. So in other words, like I'm, I disagree with you that not much happens in it, but if we're talking about plot, I agree with you because not a lot of plot happens in this film. I think the characters go on some some pretty consequential journeys, but all that happens inside and all that happens in an interior way that you have to be adept, you filmmaker, have to be adept at displaying for us rather than just silver platter handing to us that this is what has happened with this character, which what this film does is silver platter hand in so many different ways, this is what happened, and then this is what happened, and then this is what happened. And so because of that, I feel like that's a lot of the um, sort of passive, inert thing that you're picking up on that I think really is a struggle to get on the wavelength of this movie in order to be able to kind of capture what it feels like Shyamalan is going for. There's a lot of this sort of interior world kind of stuff, this big mythical ideas that are also... Uh, simultaneously, and this is somewhat odd, also simultaneously feel like he's actively trying to uh, not dumb down, but make accessible to childlike sensibilities. There also seems to be this undercurrent throughout the film of him trying to appeal to childhood and childlike natures. And as a result, that is a lot of like sort of pedantic just telling a thing that I feel like doesn't necessarily play out in the way that he wants it to or or land with the broader audience the way he wants it to. And there are two things while I'm while I'm hitting on my minuses and then and then I'll drop in like on a couple of my pluses. Um there are two things uh besides the exposition, which I think is a real problem. I think that's a really big problem. I'm saying that as a writer, as a as a novice film critic, as just a viewer and lover of movies, all that exposition is just a really big problem. But the other thing that I will say that is just kind of unfortunate and he should have thought through, baked through these elements a little bit better. The first is the general overall presence and treatment of the critic, Mr. Farber. Um, that is a problem. 
The other one is the casting of himself in the Vic character, which just reeks of ego. Um, and it mm. reeks of a certain degree of kind of almost bad faith arrogance. I don't know that Shyamalan is necessarily that kind of person, but this sure. choice for that character in this film, uh, and then treating the critic so uniformly reductive as he treats him is really uh, kind of problematic. It is bordering on, and I'm using this word, is bordering on bad faith. I don't know if it's deliberate bad faith, um, but there's no inclination to make that critic character redeemable. He beats up on him at every single uh, opportunity. He's not a likable character. Uh, he presents him as an arrogant know-it-all who is uniformly wrong about all of his pretentious um, assumptions, and right. so and so and and that's that's poorly conceived. That's very poorly conceived. So those things, the exposition and the treatment of those couple of characters, um, is is really troublesome for me it's really bothersome for me um but can i stop you before you get, before you get to your pluses uh sure so yeah, yeah 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 engage some of the the back and yeah, forth yeah, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's because here's here is what is a true challenge read i would rank six cents as maybe a a personal top five films of all time yeah, for me it's wonderful just of, of just like yeah. Uh, I think we even say this in our active conversation in the archives about it. To me, it it might hit the perfect film mm-hmm. sort of bullseye. Um, thoroughly love Unbreakable. Uh, uh, largely love Signs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My romantic heart breaks for the village and and kind of love it in its way. So so any castigation I cast at some of these weaker entries isn't born of Nathan just isn't a Shama fan after all, you know, I want here's, here's the bottom line, man. I want considerate conscientious creators, which I do actually think he is Absolutely. to thrive in the world. Yeah. Period. Of course. Yeah. End of story. But there are times when you just kind of have to have to level with the material. And I'm not speaking because I know, or at least I, if my memory serves, there's a good swath of meta commentary about lady in the water and, and sort of it's, it's design or production or whatever, or reception. Uh, I, I can't speak to any of that. I am speaking literally to just the film, um, just to the text of the film. And I want to be sympathetic to the idea of, Hey, let's, cause you can sort of see it. You can see this kind of never ending story ish, this sort of like, you know, th- uh, throwback kind of fantasy infused reality type of storytelling. It's, right. it isn't not visible, mm-hmm. but I think it's design works against it. And I think, and what I mean by that is like, it's a pretty bland visual palette. Is, is that's what I mean by the design works mm-hmm. against it. Um, and when you say there's a lot going on in the hearts and minds of the people, like you would agree with this, I think largely, I hear that and that's fine. But again, to your point, this is a visual medium and, and some sort of plot locomotion has to carry us forward unless the characters as imbued by performers is really richly drawn. Mm. And I think in this one, it's just kind of fine. Yeah. You know, I love Jeffrey Wright, love Paul Giamatti. Giamatti gets to shine. Um, you know, there's, there's some fair stuff there. It just kind of, I think how I ascribed it on the phone to you is like, it just feels like all text. Hmm. I, I just, and I'm, I'm curious, Reed, like, like I, I want you to get to your pluses. And so that's not me trying to rob you of it, but it feels <laughs> like, you know, um, 
uh, a moment to engage some of what's being said. Like, yeah. like even this time, I kept sort of interrogating the, the various things that were happening in the film. Do you, am I, in your estimation, Nathan, you're making too much a mountain out of this opening animation thing. Because what feels like the movie wants is a creeping revelation to occur mm-hmm. when, oh, you know, th- this gets to a, a sort of maybe bedrock foundational storytelling device, which is what your, what your reader slash viewer knows versus what your character knows. Yeah. Like I've been told with lady in the water, I've been told everything mm-hmm. in three minutes. Mm-hmm. And so there is a world where, man, I wish that just wasn't there because I like the idea yeah. of going on the journey with the characters. Mm-hmm. Instead, I know it all, more or less. If I, if I can interpret correctly what sure. that animation is telling me, I kind of know the yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm watching them discover the story, literally. Right, right, anyway, right, right. anyway so, so, well, so a sort of legitimate question there about how information gets doled out, you know, um, the value of when it gets deployed or not. Sure. And then, so, so address whatever I just said that you want to, and then pivot straight into your pluses. Cause no, it's, I'm uh, not trying to it's fine. No, no, no. Me. I want to, I want to address. Yeah. I want to address a couple of things and no, this is, this is totally fine. Now, uh, in interior to this moment, uh, you know, like, uh, it, I'm picking up on a sort of, uh, self-consciousness and maybe that's just me interpreting. Like you, you seem to want to pull all of your punches about how you feel about this movie. So I want to invite you, like if that's what you're doing, you don't have to do that. Like, you know, it's, you know, because you're making some really valid points, but I also feel like you're uh, trying to qualify a lot of them. Well, my, my only qualification is simply, I like the guy Shyamalan mm, and think mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he operates expertly, it's pretty damn amazing. Yeah. I think this, this is why it's hard. This is the pu- the punch pulling you're sensing is he didn't phone it in. Like that's no, this is a very passionate that's why project, I intentionally yeah. use the word ill conceived. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. think what got thought of is not what got executed. Yeah. Because you made the note about make it a novel. I, I hear that. And I think yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. because, because the value of that format lets me live with these characters beyond what they are. And let's be honest, are largely types. They're just archetypes. They're, yeah. That's they're, one of the few reasons I actually, I kind of don't like the Sun Yu character. I was like, this is, weird. this is rough. But, <laughs> um, but point being like a bigger world, either reduce the character count. Mm-hmm. So there's more time spent individually with different or yeah. mm-hmm. different format. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, when, when you sense pulled punch, it's more just like, I wish, I wish I liked it more as it yeah. is. I just think it's like, meh. Oh, well. no, I get, I, I can totally get that. So, so a couple of things, uh, responding yeah. directly to the question that you asked about the exposition. Um, and then I'll pivot to something else and then maybe I'll go to my pluses. This is good. This is, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy uh, kind of engaging these thoughts. Um, the short answer to your very honest and candid question is I do think you are too making too much of that exposition. And here is why I cited it earlier I didn't rewatch this film in preparation for this, but I have a pretty good memory of it. Beauty and the Beast opens with. I thought you were saying I didn't rewatch Lady no, and no, the Water no, no, this no, conversation. No, no. I'm like, wow, that is a real confession time. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Um, I didn't rewatch Beauty and the Beast, but what I remember about Beauty and the Beast is that it opens with, and David Ogden Styers is the narrator of Lady and the Water in sure. that opening segment. David Ogden Styers also narrates the opening to Beauty and the Beast, which does 
on paper, exactly what you have just criticized Lady in the Water for. It tells you the entirety of the premise and then watches as characters come to the revelation of that. The whole curse on the place, the rose petals are going, you know, all of that kind of stuff. What has to happen in order for uh, the, the spell to be broken, all of that. The major, major difference between Beauty and the Beast and Lady in the Water, which may not be fair comparisons, but I really feel like Shyamalan's trying to invoke Beauty and the Beast, is the, the, the major difference there is that Beauty and the Beast performs with a tremendous amount more subtlety, with a tremendous amount more uh, finesse. The characters are discovering it because other characters are all aware and kind of all in on it instead of having to constantly go back to this one character in this one very contrived situation who knows all of these details. So that part is is really subpar to it. And it's entertaining. Well, yes. I mean, yes, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not me being an a-hole, but like, no, of you course, know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I can sort of go with you on structurally, these, yes. this thing can work. Yes, yeah. exactly. Structurally, and this that's, thing yeah. can work if used. Yeah, and that's basically um, as much as I was trying to say is yeah. that, yes, this, I think... The, the critique is not what he chose to do, but that the execution sure. of it was poor. I don't think that choice is bad because I can yeah, point to Beauty fair. and the Beast yeah. and say it worked really well right there. Same, be my guest, please. <laughs> same exact choice. Um, one thing I will, and, and I'm not going to like glove up and yeah. box you over it, but I disagree. Come on, bro. That the, I disagree that the visual aesthetic is bland. I actually love one of my pluses is the visual aesthetic of this movie. There's one shot that kind of illustrates this where he's, and I'm just talking about visuals, I'm not talking narratively, because actually what most of what I would point to as the minuses of this film involve the narrative specificity, the narrative intricacies, and the way it tries to deploy those pieces of information. But visually speaking, there's this one shot where um, Story, uh, that's, the char- that's the Bryce Dallas Howard, Howard's character's name is Story, of course, you know that, but maybe listeners don't. Um, Story is standing in the shower. And Cleveland Heap is facing her, but the way the image on screen is structured, her reflection is in the shower wall. So it looks for about 30 seconds like he has her in front of him and behind him. And I find that very interesting for what's happening to the character at that moment. And she's kind of obscured and fuzzed out by the tile on the shower wall. So it's it's a really, I thought, kind of arresting little visual where he's standing there and she is literally kind of surrounding him in a very natural way as she would be. There's a a couple of other shots. I'll point to the ending where I do think it's significant that so many of the other characters in the complex as the eagle is flying away, we see them by looking down upon them. And we're looking down as they look up in wonder, but not Cleveland Heap. Him we are we are looking up at him. We look up at sure. him from in the water. Those are just a from couple under the water. Yeah, yeah. Well, Those are just well, a couple yes, of things I, I would point to that I'm like I think this movie is visually very interesting. Okay, but we are saying two different things in the moment and this is good and helpful. Sure, sure. I love that final shot. What I'm saying when I refer to the the sort of palette is literally that, the color palette. It's all blues and grays. That's what I kind of mean. It's kind of dull to to not uh, um not the shot craft, not how a thing is staged, but the literal palette that that it's painting with, which is when you kept invoking Beauty and the Beast, this is what comes to mind is like the 
ignore you know the the oscar winning music and and you know design all that sort of stuff it is rich to look at yeah and i agree with you shot construction has always been a a Shyamalan uh greatest hit like he is excellent at just crafting composing a shot composing the choreography of a physical shot um so that's fantastic i'm simply referring to the kind of when i say bland it's not that it's simply blues and grays largely well what's what's really interesting about that and this and it it would be i i think it would be fruitless to head too far down this road uh in in this conversation only because we don't have a visual component to compare i actually i mean I I actually still think there's a lot of there's a lot of reds that show up in certain people's apartments. Um, he does use a lot of blue and grays, as you know the water motif would be. Green holds significant. We know Shyamalan loves him color significance. You know, like green sure. shows up whenever green is present. There's a certain uh, suspense of danger arriving, and blue is a sense of like calming and hope. And and then red uh, is usually when uh, and I it should be noted. Uh, that I did not uh, read what I'm expressing right now elsewhere. I'm. This is just what I picked up on. Sure. Um, it may have been written somewhere elsewhere, but uh, because I'm about to reference a book about Lady in the Water, I didn't get what I'm saying right now from that book. Um, but like I noticed in this viewing that like whenever a character's apartment is red, that's usually where all of this bland exposition is happening. So usually whenever they're just sort of <laughs> relaying Oh yeah, in the fairy tale, it's a da 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 da, and I'm even in some of those scenes, I'm sitting here like, my lord, I can't even keep up. You know, with <laughs> I've seen this movie like five or six times, I can't even keep up with what you're telling me. It's all this very convoluted sure. sort of mythology. Yes. Um, and usually when that happens, there's there's a, a prominent color of red or like a like a pinkish kind of color that's present there. So I, again, it's 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 somewhat fruitless to try to do too much with that when we don't have the pictures right up on screen to be able to like you know not yeah, yeah. not that that would yeah. even be a very much value but I do think um, it's it's I don't think that a rewatch for you a third watch would turn you around on this film not at all but uh, I, but I do I'll just I'll just leave it at that like I actually for all the things I would ding this movie for I think it's visual palette and visual aesthetic is one of its pluses that I think, I think it is pretty consistently, I enjoy looking at it and I, and it's fine that you don't, I'm not, that's, that's completely okay. Um, but I enjoy looking at it. There are several shots in the film that I look at and that to a certain degree, I find interesting or compelling because of the way to your point, you credited him for this, that like he knows how to frame it to where it can be interesting. But I also think that the use of color is kind but of think about too. this. And, and you know, this is <laughs> listeners won't know this. <laughs> so the Shamalamarama is like, like we're waiting ourselves in the fun zone because we were worried about the negative zone. And I mean, the negative zone where Annihilus lives in the MCU six, one, six or in the Marvel publishing world, six, one, six, the negative zone. Um, you know, like we read Nathan did some friend work, uh, coming into the Shyamalan series. Cause we're like, we know how to be adults about our disagreements. Um, because what's fascinating about this is like, I, I actually, this is what is weird when you say, Hey, don't pull your punches. It's, it's not even that it, it he doesn't, uh, he doesn't give me enough to punch. Sure. And, mm-hmm. and that's, what's kind of weird about it is like, I want to be generous it, like wh- how you just described what you described. I'm like, well, well then it, 
for a movie mm-hmm. that imbues itself with mythical import by way of not just fantastical characters, right? But it's it's literal dialogue, the the literal flavor of the film, uh, the film's intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it it it's almost too subtle. And this is this just came to me. I don't love doing this, although we do it all the time, you and I. <laughs> the, the here's the movie we got. Here's kind of what I wish. Sure. Yeah. Like, of course. We, we got like my complaint about which I do think is valid uh, uh, about uh, a pretty inert character. Uh, hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard gives it everything she has. Yeah. Oh, yeah she yeah, just yeah. doesn't have anything to do. No. Like I agree with that. By the way, if if we're going for fantasy. Mm-hmm. If there's any truth to what Nathan's saying of, I think the color palette is blander than I would love. Mm-hmm. If that's the tone rafter, give me some counterpoints. Like yeah. when Sun Yu is conveying information again, show me. Yeah. You can do that by either repeating the visual language of the opening animation yeah. or give Bryce Dallas Howard something to do and show me a fantastical world that she came from. Yeah. Like yeah, I stuff that. like that yeah, is sure. all I'm I trying get to that. get after is just letting literal exposition left and right do all of do the majority of the heavy lifting. A huge amount of work. Yeah. Is, is such a, just like, it's a shame. That's what it feels like. Yeah. That's where it's like, man, I, I, it yeah. would have been cool. Because even by the end, I I'm with you. I love the shot through the through the pool up at him. The, yeah, you got the great final beat. the iridescent right. kind of surface of the water. The yeah. eagle, we can we can clearly discern what's happening there. Yeah, but like the creatures, they're all like earthy and dark toned and yeah. earth toned. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, no, no, no. I get it. Give me Beauty and Beast. It's it's Give a, me Beauty and Beast. I want adventure in the Great White somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so um Shyamalan. so so yeah and i mean like one of the things that i get frustrated by and this is what i said in my in my uh because i've you know we, we, we we've debated a bit we've gone back and forth and everything uh, i still need to get to my pluses but um i will say that like f- for me one of the things that is weird for me about this movie and why this movie is tough is that there is a tremendous amount of objective things that I would point to and be like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Like a lot of it about story structure and about everything where I'm just like, to your point about what Bryce Dallas Howard doesn't do, there's a, an alt world uh, where I thought like, what would what kind of interesting visuals would have emerged if you never see Story's face? If all of the shot constructions, whenever anybody sees her or whenever she's in frame, you cannot actually see what she looks like. You only see like, her leg or her arm or something like that. Like you can never, and some of those shots exist, but, but not actually seeing her. And I'm like, that might've been interesting because you could have played around with a couple of things. But to your point about this is the movie we have, there's so many things I would point to that I'm like, that doesn't work. And yet (laughs) there was a moment and it's a, it's the third act pivot. When things begin to come together for these characters and things begin to be more evocative and all of the, as this film calls them, signs of the universe begin to align. Even watching this, I'm spending the first hour of this movie sitting here going like, ugh, ugh. like sometimes even like cringing a little bit like, oh, <laughs> like you could like could have done better there. You could have done better there. You could have done better at that. But then oddly enough, there's this moment, particularly when Jeffrey Wright's character, who is originally considered to be like, the interpreter, or he thinks he's supposed to be the interpreter, 
when when he finally picks up on the fact that like you know what I think it's my son and his son starts like reading the cereal boxes and things begin to line up and people begin to step into who they really are instead of who on paper they were supposed to be when that started to happen daggum if I didn't like sit there and start getting genuinely teary like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie but I start really being moved and so how I described that in my little like nugget review of this is that I think this is a lot of really good seed that's planted in some kind of pretty poor ground there's a lot of structural problems and a lot of constructive problems that uh, make it really really difficult to let the seeds of I think a really genuinely good idea emerge and blossom like to your point like give me beauty and the beast whether that be through the actual animated invocation of a different world and you can get stylized with it yeah get it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be you know coco level you know beauty and pixar you know extravagance in the world uh do it in this in the little stick figure cave painting things do that you know because then you're being stylish and it's a choice that you're making to do that as opposed to simply a character conveying here's the details of the information mm-hmm. and worse than that it's not all conveyed at one time it is conveyed in so many pigeonholed scenes of like now's the point where we need to learn about the um yes. tartutics and now's the time where we need to learn about the scrunts you know and so it's like that feels very ham-fisted that feels very sort of poorly conceived but i think when the film gets to that last third and it begins to deliver some of its more resonant emotional beats, it really has me at that point. And I struggle a little bit with recognizing that like, it's it's one of those things where, this is a really bad analogy, but it's one of those things where it's like, whether it be for nostalgic reasons or whether it be for something in the lyrics or something in the in the music that invokes it, it's like a really stupid, cheesy song that still somehow like moves you to tears and other people look at you and like, you realize that's like a really bad song. It's like some stupid, silly little pop song, right? Like that's not a well-constructed, it's, it's not good sure. in terms of song, but you hear it and you uh, uh, you kind of can't deny the effect it has upon you. And I feel that way about Lady in the Water, where it's like there's so little about the film, despite our last you know 40 minutes of conversation, there's so little about the film that I could point to and be like, no, 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 objectively, this is really good. At the same time, by the time we reach the end of it, a lot of it begins to work for me. Um, and a lot of what I respond to in terms of the the positives are its sensibilities around purpose, its sensibilities around conscience, its sensibilities around connectedness. Um, like the, I will tell you this: the broad concept of important things happening in an insignificant location—that's my jam. You know, like really big, you know, sure. volcanic things happening in okay, a secluded. Let me ask place. you a question: Yeah, do you have didactic pluses you still want to hit? Uh, because not largely. You are yeah, you yeah. are like. You are looking at a body of water, and you jumped off the diving board. <laughs> and it is and ten before, feet deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah, before yeah. we get way down deep, I need us to, you know, read. Lest we forget, we are a horror show. So, Indeed. if it's gory, if it's gross, if it causes you a fright, it's time for the part of the show we call "That Ain't Right." <laughs> Sure as hell ain't right. 
<laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. I okay, love it. We, we're not going to be. Skilly bop We're not going to be here long. Oh, my. Um, no, 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 no. To me, the jump scare, and it's legit when Heap and Story are in the stairwell and the dog yes. bursts through the, like, poop club. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It gets you. Nope. It absolutely gets you. That one's good. Um, the that ain't right is something that I've already mentioned, but I'll I'll cite it again. Um, even less so than Shyamalan casting himself as Vic, the presence and the presence of and treatment of the critic Mr. Farber is now here here. You know, I'm not up in arms about it or writing any letters or anything, but it is borderline offensive. It is really painfully bad how poorly again. he treats that character. It's borderline offensive. Um, the For the, the treat. Yeah, the presence yeah. of and treatment of the critic is really, I, I called it earlier, bad faith. And I, th- and I feel like he was really, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I feel like that was a reaction to people who, you know, crapped on the village and, you know, kind of the general flavor of uh, people. People do kind of, I think, treat his films a bit unfairly for reasons that I don't quite understand all the time there's a lot of ways in which uh some of his choices don't work but they're so he's such a distinctive visionary which is still something of a rarity among films that well, get made a, a drum i will be likely throughout Rama is <laughs> right now having rewatched lady in the water and our next week film and then relying on previous viewings of, of various things yeah. More yeah. often than not for me, more often than not, when he front loads idea, the total package suffers. Uh mm, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes substantially. Um because yeah. he's chasing that idea so hard that it kind of loses grip on other yeah. sort of things. Cuz no, absolutely. Cuz you know what you kind of need. I, this is this is me on Lady in the Water. Mm-hmm. You know what you kind of need for good story story? Narrative tension. And this movie feels like it largely lacks narrative tension, and that's no. that's kind of a problem. Did you have a word? Don't, did, I don't was that your that ain't right? That's my that ain't right. It's just the treatment okay. of the critic. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, cool. I mean, there's not much there, but, you know, did you squirm? Did you wince? Did you squint your eyes real tight? It was probably because of what we around here call that ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> listeners it. new and listeners new are like, huh, that's fun. Listeners older are like WTF. What is this <laughs> Shamalamarama I've dropped dropped myself into? All right, it's a let twist. me <laughs> 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 What's funny is I haven't listened to the tune in a while. Uh and so I'm probably totally <laughs> off on its, on its it. melody. Uh-huh. Um that's funny. Uh so you know, I I don't think this movie merits Hmm. a wealth of time spent on its themes. I think its themes merit decent time. Isn't that a weird statement to make? That's a weird statement, but I I kind of agree with it though. And so I, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to spend all night here on, on themes of lady in the water, but you are creeping up to something and, and I am not going to deviate or divert from, and in fact, try to come alongside you. It's kind of like you were running run race, one race, which is like just fandom for letting them go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. But now we're hitting the final (laughs) leg. I'm like, okay, now we're running alongside each other. Let's run together. Yes. um, (laughs) Let's twist. Um, 
to me, this idea, how I'm going to articulate this came through and there was a, there was a, a, a moment, a scintilla, a glint that the, that the iceberg appeared above the water for me. Actually, okay. I, I wasn't meaning to make a lady in the water pun, but that's what happened. Um, yep. where I was like, there it is, there it is. Oh, and it mm, left, mm, oh, but for that brief moment, it was, it was beautiful. And I would argue may have made me slightly misty. Um, I don't think the rest of the movie honors quite that, but what I'm going to say is for me, a, a beautiful conceit inside of this movie, uh, ostensibly we need to throw it a life preserver, <laughs> lest it drown, uh, under the expositional weight is, oh boy. And, and read this is this, this is powerful and I will honor and own and I will pat on the back the movie for thinking it's pointing to this and slightly doing so mm. is that this notion of the, 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 the idea that you read you, mm. me, you listener are right where you're supposed to be. And you yeah. are exactly who you are supposed to be. Yeah. Like that yeah, exactly. is powerful. Absolutely. And this idea yeah. that we keep trying to put on different clothes, thinking mm -hmm. it will just make us more palatable to the world around us or even to our own selves or, or whatever. Right. Right. The idea that exactly who you are and exactly where you are is enough to, to tell grand story is, mm -hmm. is moving and powerful. I personally yeah. highly disagree. The movie does extremely right by that idea, but I know mm. it's at its heart, which is why, yes, if you sense pulled punches, it's just, <laughs> I right. am compassionate enough to, to, to know this is what's kind of being chased, even if yeah. not quite accomplishing. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of right there with you on, on that notion. Just like, like I said, some, I, I phrased it like really good seed in some, in some pretty poor ground. It would have been fascinating to me if he had made this film at a different point in his career. Like, I wonder if he had led with this film earlier, if it would have had tighter construction, if it would have had a little bit more of a sort of a, a, a hesitation, you know, to, to try to, or maybe even later in his career uh, when he sort of recalibrated circa the visit era, the visit and split era, it right. would have been really fascinating to see the film that would have emerged from that. But again, I keep stepping back into that habit of like sure. the film we don't have versus the film we have. But, but what I will say is just like, I think the, the, I think the thing that really stands out to me about this film is I'm just, I'm really with, well, I think Paul Giamatti's performance is, is objectively great. Like I love him in this. I, I, I just, I just love Paul Giamatti, but I even don't think he makes a weak choice performance wise in this movie. I think his performance is, is pretty uniformly great. Um, but the idea that he had such a devastating loss and that now he is in this place and permitted to kind of find a sense of healing for that pain uh, to your point, you know, like he had been positioned here by what would be deemed a tragedy and is able to turn it around into something for this character in this time, very inspirational. You know, the final line of the film is the last thing that he says to her, thank you for saving my life. Hmm. And he wasn't in mortal danger, you know, but sure. so he, he clearly has to be referring to, you know, giving his life back meaning, giving his life back purpose, you know, giving, you know, making him believe that there was something beyond what he, what he failed to do 
the you know like uh, the the interruption that came into his life, but rather something that was beyond that. That was, and I I'm with you. I I feel that that's a really vitally missing and and vitally underexpressed sentiment of saying that like you know like I love the way you put it. You are right where you need to be, and don't keep trying to put on. I I love that moment where they where they get it wrong. They're like, oh, you're the guild, and you're the interpreter, and you're the healer, and every single one of those choices was wrong. And I love it because when Jeffrey Wright starts to try to express in the movie, he starts to say, like, we're supposed to find our own voice, right? Like, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be who we are. I don't feel like an interpreter. And I just loved, I loved that moment, clunky as it is narratively, I loved that moment in the sense of, yes, be who you are. Like, right. just like, like, yes, just be who you are, because who you are serves a profound purpose. And yeah, sure, in the scheme of this n- little nugget clunky story, there's these other people who have sort of designated and designed roles and positions, but um, it's just, that that's a really powerful thing to me, where it's just, I, I was saying to someone else not that long ago and talking about um, spiritual matters, and I think I've said some version of this on the show before, where one of my deeply held convictions is I believe that if we are to have a relationship with God at all, we should do so with the fullness of ourselves, not trying to hide or pretend to be something that we aren't, but come to God with the full expression of who we know ourselves to be and not trying to perform as something other than ourselves, just being who we are mm-hmm. in in that space. Um, and I think there's something that this film is kind of um, – scratching at that, uh, you know, I, I I think you're right on the money when you say like when he leads with idea, uh, unfortunately, he doesn't trust the audience enough. You didn't say this, but like he doesn't trust the audience enough to, to get his idea. So he has to like <laughs> really hammer it in like moment after moment after moment he has to really drive that home in a way that I think accidentally undermines what he's trying to convey. There is a book that I've read that I, uh, and I've read it years ago. I didn't reread it for this conversation. Um, but I would highly, highly recommend the book because it's just fascinating. It was written by a man named Michael uh, Bamberger and it's called The Man Who Heard Voices or How M. Night Shyamalan Risked His Career on a Fairy Tale. And uh, after the success, of, well, uh, after the wild success of things like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, Shyamalan was positioned to where like The Village had come out and coincidentally, Michael Bamberger was invited as a journalist to chronicle the making of Shyamalan's next film, which happened to be Lady in the Water. So what this book is, again, it's called The Man Who Heard Voices. What this book is, is a detailed sort of description of all of the personal struggles that Shyamalan was going through, which don't always paint him in the best light. Sure. Um, and you know, I'm not going to recap that entire book. I'm just going to simply say, like, even you, Nathan, who might might even say you actively disliked this movie um i think would find that book sure. profoundly interesting and, that and like it's it. yeah. it's really fascinating uh so would highly recommend that book but to get back to the 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 substance of of what's happening yeah man cleveland heaps monologue where we all know because it's not subtle at all we all know he is speaking to his deceased family who he could not protect and in the process of being truthful about his pain, provided healing for someone else. That's a powerful idea. You know, there's a lot in the undercurrent here 
that I think is truly um, kind of inspiring. And I feel like it's it's pretty unfortunate that so many wonderful notions got so bogged down under uh, the weight of some objectively clunky construction. Because I just, yeah, I, I just, I love this film's heart. And I love, uh, with the exception of the critic, and possibly with the exception of like him casting himself as a writer who's going to change the world, <laughs> yeah, you know, Oops. which, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but with those exceptions, I'm just like, man, I just, I, I love what this film is, uh, has got on its mind. Two more lines that I'll cite and then I'll, I'll apologize. I'll let you respond. But Mr. Leeds standing there when they think it's not working and we think everything's clunky. Um, he says, you know, I want to be a child again. You know, he says, I wanted to believe more than most. I want to be like a child again. And uh, that's a notion that I've thought about uh, in in different contexts several times over the past couple of years. Um, just this sense of wonder, this sense of awe. Uh, we referenced it in our last Shyamalan series where Cole slides the penny across to, uh, to, to Malcolm and says, you know, some magic is real. And that notion... Uh, that I think shows up in nearly all of Shyamalan's film from one place or another. But this notion of like, yeah, uh, she even says it. Young Soon even says it. Like, it's time to prove that some stories are real. Yeah, I hated that, actually. Not, because, yeah, I hate yeah. what I, not because I hate the idea. I was like, come on, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> yeah, again, it's, it's almost the literal it's, same line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not subtle at all. And But I feel like, again, I'm just, I'm really... Um, I really respond because of what I'm interested in. I'm really respond to those notions of like, yeah, uh, insignificant little apartment complex in a, in a nothing little village. And then something will come from that, that could potentially change the world. And so I, um, little yeah. town, quiet village. Yeah. Yes. Little town, quiet village. Exactly. Every day. Just give me like beauty the in the beast. Yeah, exactly. A um, town full of little people <laughs> waking up to say no more. No, no more. No more. Um, okay, <laughs> no more let's head towards the shallow end of the pool. Um, <laughs> the shallow end of the gene pool. That's a <laughs> All the Disney references. Lion King drops for you. It is um, Lion King. <clears throat> so uh, uh, a little bit we're going to add to the Shamalamarama. Uh, is uh, to preface before we get to the fog meter, we're going to do the Shamio mm-hmm. scale. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, Shamalan has a propensity for tossing himself into the film. We're going to very quickly on a scale of one to five, read one to five. Okay. Uh, one, one to, to five. five. So the higher the ranking actually might be the worse. And by the end of the Shamalan Marama, we're going to, we're going to make a ranking of this uh, okay. is the Shamio scale is impact or significance of Shamalan's appearance in the film. So on screen time slash subtlety on ego, Let's get rid of that one. We'll just do screen time subtlety or plot relevance because those are going to ego is going to okay. materialize itself pretty evidently in some of these. That's a good point. Uh, so screen, subtlety and amount plot of relevance. screen time and plot relevance. Okay, all right. And five is the highest. Like yes. you're going to rank it, you know, really, really high. Okay, all right. Um, Although I guess I guess screen time and, and subtlety are opposite. So we'll just do it as screen time because you know okay yeah screen yeah 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 those are, amount of time on screen okay right. got it okay got it. so uh for your shamio scale read one to five uh for lady in the water shamalan's importance of screen time one to five so he plays a character who in this film is maybe like 
third most important character, but in the universe of this movie is going to literally like one of the most important writers sure. ever. And that's is screen given, time, not plot relevance. No, I that's get it. Next. I get it. Okay. Yeah. But screen time, he is given, you know, a good, you know, maybe 20 to 30 minutes where he is present mm-hmm. on screen. Um, so I got to give this a five for screen okay. time. I'm with you on five. This really might be the worst offense for the Shamio scale. Uh, I don't know that they'll, they'll be quite this heavy in the future. Plot relevance, I'm going to go. It's it's a five. It's it, it would be a six if we were allowing ourselves that. To your point, like... Oh, by the way, I saved humanity with my... With my book. With the <laughs> but I'm going to die. Uh, you know. <laughs> okay. Die. Making that sacrifice. Uh, uh, plot relevance, three, yeah. five sacrifice um yeah it kind of has to be a five the only reason i was tempted to possibly give it a four is because i do still feel on paper that this film is about cleveland heap more than it's about vic ran but i i also feel like you know story was there to meet vic so that's why it has to go back up to a five it's like story's presence there like our emotional journey is more with cleveland heap but the reason she is present there at all is to meet Vic. So it kind of has to be a five. So there we go. Um, yeah. The very first so, Shamio scale. It's a five just out of the it's gate. It's a five. My yeah, man it's, comes it's, running. It's up top. Okay. This okay. Is, this is like the, the highest man switching right out the gate. Metrics. Tough to beat. Fog meter time. Okay. We rank <laughs> each movie. We discuss people are going to be real confused by this, but they'll pick up on it pretty quick. Um, sure. We rank each movie. We discuss on a ranking of zero to 10 for fear how scary a thing is and god how substantive a thing is uh lady in the water um i am going to start so that then you can do fear and your god um i don't think this is a very scary movie um i i won't deny that jump scare is legit and unlike more um you know, there's the insidious jump scares of the world that emblazon themselves in your memory and your the back of your the seat of your pants. Um, this one did not emblazon itself in my memory, so it is quite effective. Uh, mm. Basically, I'm just trying to generate some generosity here, Reed. So I'm going to go for yeah, a sure. two, the, a two okay. on the fear measure. No, I'm going to go for well, one. It, that, it, the point is simply for the jump scare, really. <laughs> just one jump scare, and that's all uh-huh. you got. Um, I would say I'm going to be pretty close to with you. I feel like, honestly, I feel like the scariest thing in it is the deus ex machina at the end. Those tartutics look like really freaky looking, you know, but they're not even scary because they're, they're there to take out the bad guy. <laughs> so guess. it's kind of like, you know, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the jump scare, the thing is just not a very scary movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to come near you on a two. Uh, so, so, one for you, two for me. On the God meter, this one's tough because when you talk about substance, uh, a lot of that can be rooted in the ideas the film is after or it can be rooted in how well it conveys those ideas. And I think where it comes to Lady in the Water, uh, you you expressed a similar thing earlier where it's like, if we're just talking about the ideas, yeah, there's a lot there. If you're talking about how well it conveys those ideas, we're in very different water (laughs) you know like we're in just completely uh uh, totally different territory so for that end i am going to split the difference the the themes resonated a lot with me i feel like it conveyed those themes in a way that almost undermined them so i'm going to land on a five for the god meter what say you mr rouse yeah i this is 
this is where I'll I'll toss some generosity out the door because <laughs> uh you know I feel like my Shama fan bona fides are, are are pretty intact uh despite this conversation and perhaps next week's but um I think for me Lady in the Water is a bunch of symbol with minimal substance. Hmm. Um it's it's a bunch of signs. <laughs> Oh yeah, there you go. Man, I'm good at this. Um <laughs> <laughs> speaking of subtlety, are you casting yourself as Vic Rand in the sequel? <laughs> no, I'm just living it, you know. I'm just I'm being me right where I'm at. That's it. That's the point of the story. Um I, I think it's a lot of signs, minimal substance. I think by the time it gets quote unquote good thematically, for me it's way too late. Um, hmm. you know, uh, yeah. I I, I I'm going to go for a three because I know what it's after, but I just do not think it achieves what it's after. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, that means that we give Lady in the Water written, directed, produced, and co-starring. <laughs> Practically starring. Shamio. <laughs> that ain't a shamio. That's a straight. That sham- that's like yeah. Shaq and Billy. That's a shamma roll. Can I have some? Can I? You got? Are you? you Shem, Shannon roll. You got some. You, you got some. Uh, some some butter for those shammer rolls. <laughs> um, speaking so, of spe- uh, featuring a special sham appearance. <laughs> goodness gracious! Oh, here it comes. Good um, night. So that means we give uh, Lady in the Water a three out of ten on the fog meter. Not a very. Uh, hefty or uh, very, you know, uh, a lot of heavy gravity uh, density to the film. It's just, uh, it's just not. Um, I think listeners by now probably know our answer. Would you recommend Lady in the Water? I think Lady in the Water is just a, is just a shame. It's uh, a <laughs> no, I don't like. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to be that guy. It is, it is my viewing of it. It's an inert piece of just content it just it does not Mm. achieve what it wants and thinks it maybe sort of achieves i think i think um, the 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 faintest hint of recommendation i would have for it is simply hey we're in the shamalamarama check that box Mm. because this conversation will mean a little more having done it but from a just life is too short standpoint nah yeah um what i urgently and earnestly recommend is the book the man who heard voices which is all about the making of lady in the water i am not joking when i say seek out that book buy it or check it out from your local library it's fascinating and i think people will will love reading it seek it out i think you'll love it um i only would say that for ardent fans of m night Shyamalan, who for some reason are big fans of his but have not seen lady in the water Sure, if you're a really big fan of his, then it's kind of an important movie to see if you're wanting to see all of it. For the casual viewer, uh, for the person who is not profoundly a big fan of his or whatever, skip it. It's it's not going to provide for you, I think, what you would want from a film of this type or of this nature. Um, but I will say that, like, yeah, if you are if if you're sort of intrigued by Shyamalan and you have not. Uh, seen everything in his canon and you kind of want to see everything in his canon, then yeah, uh, there, there's others in this list that I will say to skip. This is not one of them. <laughs> if you if you want to see everything, uh, you might walk away very much like, well, that was a box I checked. Or maybe, like me, 
uh, you will get to the last 30 minutes or so and find some genuinely moving things that maybe the film will deliver to you in spite of itself. So that's my take on Lady in the Water. So Okay. So, yeah. There it is. Right. There's servant, the first installment. Servant of, first of, block. Uh, yeah. Lady in the Water. It is. We're just doing that twist, man. Getting that twist on for the Shamalama. <laughs> we are into the Shamalama Rama. So um, next week, we are going to be continuing with Shamalamarama. Now, if you're joining us on the patron segment, you're going to want to check out Servant on Apple TV Plus, episodes four, five, and six. They're 30 minutes each. They're really easy to watch. Servant, episodes four, five, and six for the patron segment next week. For everybody, next week, we are going to go to a much more recent film from M. Night Shyamalan. In fact, it was his second to most recent. We are going to be hitting this far secluded beach uh, and maybe losing a lot more time uh, than we realize, and maybe we want all that time back. <laughs> but we are going to be going to old next week. Uh, pure and simple, uh, released just a couple of years ago, but next week uh, we are going to be traipsing the beach about M. Night Shyamalan's old. So, am, yeah. I'm announcing this right here, Reed. Uh, 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 a fair god sort of contest here is we are going to put jackson harper shamalamarama tune in the feed so that it's independent mm -hmm. during shamalamarama what i want is you to video yourself doing the twist <laughs> send it to us or post and tag us i want the shamalamarama twist sweeping the nation and oh, maybe we'll vote on it maybe it'll just be me and reed maybe we'll submit it for voting purposes but we will buy yes. you your choice of film from Shyamalan's catalog. Hey, I win. love it. Okay. I love it. No, Do I love it. The twist. <laughs> Shamalamarama. Yes. I will put it in the feed immediately following this episode. Um, so, so yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the first installment of Shamalamarama. Um, as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Nathan, thank you so much for having thank this conversation you. with me. Listeners, thank you so much for tagging with us, and we will see you next week for M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Have a great week. See ya. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>